This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today as we kick off these uh, weeks on Mondays with our friend Greg Snow. Uh, he joins us via the telephone this morning as I'm still in Devil's Lake, North Dakota today. Hope to be back uh, later on today and for the uh, a couple of weeks after that. So looking forward to getting back home for a little bit. And Greg joining us. And, you know, it's it's a big sports time of year. The playoffs are getting underway for the NBA and the NHL. The draft is this coming week. I've heard a lot of rumors about the Vikings and quarterbacks over recent weeks. The Twins uh, season underway. Another terrific uh, PGA tournament. Greg, you tell me, where do you want to start today? We have a cornucopia of sports topics to talk about. Yeah, let's let's start with the draft because that's something that you and I used to dive into pretty deep yep. when we first started these podcasts. And over the last few years, we've kind of stop doing that and I'm, what, what is it Todd is it the excitement level is down with the Vikes I mean I'm just not as into it as I used to be I guess it's kind of I just don't see us doing anything really differently and I I, I start with quarterback there because that's obviously the position that everybody looks at and yeah. so I I just isn't it weird how we've just kind of stopped talking about it and I've noticed even in regular conversations around you know Nobody can get consensus on where the Vikings need to go this year, and it makes it for an even more unpredictable draft. It isn't like we need a center like the year we took Bradbury, yeah. you know, or we need a left tackle the year we took Khalil, um, you know. And there's been some others that way, but we just, I just don't see any consensus right now. Do what are your feelings about the draft? Well, I I think that the reason maybe we aren't talking about it as much as the Vikings have the 23rd pick. So, you know, I don't, I don't have any idea where they might go with that, uh, except I've been hearing a lot about quarterbacks and the Vikings. And uh, Dan Orlovsky, uh, who's a talking head on ESPN, a former NFL player, and has really kind of made a name for himself as an analyst on ESPN's various NFL talk TV shows. And He's pretty much guaranteeing that the Vikings are taking a quarterback, and he believes it'll be on the first round, and that if they don't move up to perhaps take the kid out of Kentucky, uh, what's the kid's name, Will? Uh, Levis. Levis, that if they don't move up and take him, and he said that's a possibility, that if they stay where they are and Hendon Hooker is still available from Tennessee, that they would take him with the 23rd pick. And he's not the only one. I've seen other places, too, predicting quarterback for the Vikings that you should follow their actions, not their words. Their actions indicate they're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins after this season. Uh, their words say, wow, Kirk's our quarterback, you know, and and nothing but, but praise. But it sure looks like they're setting it up to draft his replacement this year, let him learn under Cousins for one season, and then take over next year. That's, that's what it looks like to me. That's kind of what I'm feeling and hearing as well. I've heard the name Hooker a lot. Uh Richardson name has kind of stopped the Florida kid um, because they believe he's just going to go so much higher yeah, now. Yep. And yeah, the Vikings have so little capital to move up uh, to get something. And if they do use what they have for capital, now you can't rebuild that defense. You're just really shooting yourself in the foot. And before I get a quarterback, Todd, I'm, I want to see this defense be rebuilt. We need some help at linebacker. We obviously need another cornerback. Um, you never know what this Lewis kid who was injured all last year, what he's going to bring to the table. And you got to think that Harry, the Hitman's on his last wing. So I, 
I'm just I'm just not gung ho about us drafting a a prospect quarterback, and I hate to call it that because when you don't draft them high and start them right away, you're hoping that they can develop. And I just I just don't want to go through that. I wanna I want the Vikings to get their guy. You're our to say you're our guy and let's go. And I, I think do you think, Todd, that they're waiting to see if if Cousins has another year like last year to try to do one year deals with him because of his age? Cousins is not done with that. Uh, from what I've read, that they they tried actually to extend him for one additional year, and he turned it down. He wants a longer term deal now that he's thirty five years old. I don't think that how Cousins plays this year will have any effect on whether they move on from in the off season or not. It'll it'll be more about whether they have a succession plan uh, in place. I believe. I, I I think they're ready to move on from Cousins, and I think it. It happens after the season, but what do I know? I mean, they've, they've, it's hard to figure about. They're still relatively new in their jobs, all the Vikings right. uh, front office. So, and in this Hendon Hooker, who they say might still be there at 23rd, well, if you read the grades on him from, uh, you know, like Pro Football Focus and some of those other things, he grades out as a third round player, but quarterbacks right. always go higher. Uh, than we expect and you know uh, we as fans sometimes get caught up in what the Vikings need and that's how we would draft that is not how they draft in the NFL they do not worry about need they have their big board ranked by talent and if they're a good organization they take best player available and they tend to move up quarterbacks uh, in that ranking list but but uh, you know it's hard for us fans not to to do that because we aren't out there making a, a big board of who we think all the best players are. We're reading what others think, and and then we're looking at what do the Vikings need? Well, they need to rebuild their defense, so they should draft defense. But I can guarantee you that isn't how they look at it. Yeah, that's a fair point. I've heard others make the argument, except for quarterback. Yep, you you nailed it. If it if Hooker is a third round grade out, just like uh, Kellen Mond was, well, that's what you might get. And all of a sudden, you wasted a first-round talent. And we know, Todd, we've had a lot of good um, and some bad ones. First and second-round picks that, I mean, I think of um, uh, Kendricks. That, I mean, he spent a lot of time with the Vikings. One of our best, one of my favorite defensive players of all time. He's a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. So there's talent down there that I just hope the Vikings don't pass on because they feel they need a succession plan. I know I'm in the minority on this. I know it, that you have to kind of get your quarterback in line. But I'm also a believer of, if you don't, like the Texans and Carolina and all them, well, they know they're going to draft one. And it looks like that the talent pool is going to be thin. So, anyways, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. Does that start this Thursday, Todd? Yep, Thursday night. Draft starts. That's right. First round. So, we'll see if the Vikings do anything with that. But I guess next up would be uh, how do you only score 80 points in a playoff game in basketball? Pretty tough how's to that, do. How is that even possible? Yeah, that's tough to do. That's That's a real lack of – cohesiveness uh they, they look disjointed offensively they have these two giants that uh, roam around on the court and clog everything up uh you know it, it just they're just not a flowing offense at all and then the point that Charles Barkley made afterward is they're not good enough on defense as as good as they should be that's why they went and got Gobert because they thought they would suddenly be a top five NBA defense well that didn't happen either and and it actually hurts them offensively so if you never made that trade what's happening is you would have had Nas Reed playing a lot more minutes and your offense would have been a lot better uh, than what it is so um, you know again I'm not necessarily 
going to condemn the, the Gobert deal and say it's a bust right now. But, boy, it's sure trending in that direction, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And that's the sad part about it is that this isn't how the – everybody said it when they started. They're like, well, this isn't how the NBA is going. But, oh, well, the Vikings – or, excuse me, the Timberwolves got beat up on the offensive glass against Memphis. They didn't look very good defensively. They scored plenty of points but didn't weren't good enough defensively to win. Well, okay, now here we are, round one. And even in the first play-in game against the Lakers – the defense was fine. Yeah. Held up. The offense forgot how to play basketball. Yeah, it's terrible. We scored 36 points in the second half, Todd. That's a quarter yeah. in the regular season. A quarter. Yeah. And I know Nas Reed's out, right? Jaden McDaniel's out. But those guys don't even average a lot of points. Yeah. I mean, Nas, Nas maybe, maybe barely double figures. I think Jaden's at 12 points a game. I mean, th- there's no. this isn't an excuse because I want to try to give my Wolves some excuses. I want to say, well, without those guys. But 80 points? Yeah. And if you lose 109-106, I don't think anybody's mad about that. No. You know, you've competed against the best team in the West. And the West, you know, both leagues actually have some high-end teams. But uh, the West, uh, Denver is the high-end team because nobody, I don't think, is afraid of Memphis or Sacramento. And so I'm just sad, Todd, that the Wolves just laid this egg and it feels like, well, we might lay three more of those and just be done and season over. Rudy Gobert played that way in the first half against uh, Oklahoma City. It felt like he was just ready to be done. And that's I'm now I go back to the trade and go, this has just been a disaster. And I, I I'm I'm sad for my Wolves franchise because they tried to make a move. The move was wrong. And now we got to pay for it for the next three years. Yeah. For a long time, uh, I, I it's I don't know what uh, the, the Timberwolves just you know Reed would average more than eleven points if he had the opportunity. That's why he only averages eleven points. That's uh, true. For, for That's one fair. thing, and and uh, you know just how they're melting down. So the rest of the NBA world almost universally panned the Timberwolves trade for Rudy Gobert. The Twin Cities media and those of us that are fans, uh, we were happy about it because. You can't attract free agents to Minneapolis. They don't want to come here. So you have to trade for them. And then you have to find a guy who, once you trade for him, will say, yeah, I'll be happy playing there. I'm not going to cause a problem and say I want out and, and to pull a Jimmy Butler on you because the <laughs> Timberwolves exactly. have to be they have to be aware of that. So Gobert was not only available but willing to come to Minneapolis, and that was kind of the, uh, the, the stew that was stirred and, and wound up bringing him here to the uh, to the Timberwolves. I, for my money, I, I was on board with the trade because I thought, well, he must know something. This Tim Conley, highly regarded. Uh, now I I watch that and I wonder. I wonder what did he see in Rudy Gobert? You know, I all we had was highlights and snippets of Gobert in the past. They didn't watch him extensively, but now that I have, he's awkward. He has no real offensive game. He has poor hands, and as we've seen he can be a problem in the locker room. So I'm not really sure what Connolly saw in Gobert. And for some reason, he stopped blocking shots. He did have the one nice one last night, but his timing is either gone or he just refuses to jump. I think that's why Kyle Anderson has been getting all over him of, dude, you're making 35 plus million a year and you're doing nothing out there. I mean, we're we're feeding you for the dunks. It's not like you're going in and getting all the offensive rebounds and cleaning up the glass. Come on. Give us something here. So, yeah. Todd, it's it's funny you said that. We, You and I beat this up on the show. Let's give it time. Let's yep. look at it. Well, 
we're going to end up giving it time. I don't see any other team wanting him for nope. less than a second. I mean, they might be willing to give up a second round pick, but or do a salary dump maybe, but they're not going to try to contend if they want to bring in a Gobert. I think they all know it right now, and it, it's just it's hard to watch. Yeah. Well, he's got back spasms is what he's playing through right now. So I'm going to give him a little break on his lack of mobility here in, in the last week or so because that's kind of when it uh, flared up on him. Um, so hopefully he can start to feel better and be more of an impact player. And, uh, you know, I watched uh, the Sacramento and Golden State game, and you see how flowing and beautiful the game can be. And guys who cut off of each other, and Steph Curry never stops running. Uh, the guy could run multiple marathons in the same day, it would seem. He just has yep. energy for days. You watch that, and you go, man, how much would I give to watch a team play offense like that? I mean, it's just beautiful, all the movement and the screening and and all of that. And then you watch the Timberwolves, and it's stand and dribble and throw up a contested three-pointer. Uh, it just There's two different NBAs out there. It's funny you said that, Todd, because I, I kept saying, of, what, is Jimmy Butler back on our roster? Yeah. I mean, this is what he did. He held the ball, and that end of the Laker game was – the play, the first playing game just really got me disgusted. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, Todd. I couldn't even stay awake. We can get on to the scheduling of for the Timberwolves this week. But yeah, it stinks. The, the fact that I couldn't stay awake, yeah, it's horrible. And yeah. the fact that the NBA would not put the Phoenix and the Clipper game as the last game yeah. and make us the second game is just criminal. Anyways, yeah. so I couldn't stay awake all the time. But I heard that in the second half that it was a lot of that. It was a lot of hold the ball, hold the ball. Oh, there's three on the shot clock. Now you got a hand grenade, as Jim Peterson always calls it. Yeah. Now you got to do something with it. Well, of course you're going to only score 80. Yeah. And then, to your point, Golden State, when you go watch them, why are they sold out every game? Sold out every game. Fun to watch. Not cheap pricing because it's so fun to watch these guys working hard, cutting off each other, getting out of each other's way, setting screens for each other. Always thinking pass first until they get to Clay Thompson. Then Clay's the only one who thinks shot first. And you could argue, well, Steph does a lot of that. Yeah, when he's on fire, he gets on fire first, and then all of a sudden it's dribble, dribble, you know, shot because that's what the fans want to see. And we haven't had that, Todd. Yeah. Why can't we ever get something like that? It's I, criminal. I don't know. I, I it's it's it can be tough to watch. That's for sure. Do the Timberwolves win a single game in this series? No. All right. Shut out. 4-0. Yeah. I'm going to go gentleman sweep. That They'll sneak one out uh, at home and, and win it in five games. They call it a gentleleman sweep. So that's what I'm going to yep. go with. Uh, well, that's, the, uh, that's the keep your head high. We got a sweep going here. Yeah. But did you watch much of the golf, Todd? It was a great leaderboard. I did. Wow. That's, that's where I was going. Well, yeah, you know why it's a great leaderboard. Because they've copied the live model and jacked up the payouts and made them designated events and mandatory attendance. Just yep. like they have on Live Golf, uh, why did why did the PGA Tour wait until after Live had already come and already ransacked them of at least half a dozen uh, of their highly ranked professionals? Why did the PGA Tour and Jay? I can't believe Jay Monahan still has his job, but why did they allow that to happen when obviously what Phil Mickelson was saying was a hundred percent true? The PGA Tour is holding back hundreds of millions of dollars from the players for some reason. Oh, that isn't true. Well, what happened? Of course it was true. Because look what they've done with the prize money ever since Live Tour came into, uh, came into existence. Had they done all of these measures, and they knew Live Golf was coming. This didn't form in six months and all of a sudden uh, come on. They've known about this for three 
three years that Greg yeah. Norman was trying to put this together, and they sat and did nothing. So Jay Monahan needs to be fired immediately from the PGA Tour because we continue to get robbed of seeing all of the best players play in the same events. If they had come up with this schedule and this prize money and these small field designated events that they all are now, we would not have live golf today. We would still have all of those players playing on the PGA Tour, and we would get great golf each week. Instead, they messed it up. I had some friends ask me what the PGA Tour needs to do, and my first comment was, well, Jay needs to be fired. He yeah. should be let from his job because, again, there's something that happens in the back room with Mickelson, though. Some way that he presents it, it just doesn't come out right. And again, I don't see that, right? We see the TV Mickelson, we see that guy, but I'm starting to come to the understanding that he must have some sort of bite or edge to the way he says things when he's in a meeting room. Because the fact that they could have done all these things two years ago and save the embarrassment, what they consider the embarrassment of live golf, save Brandel Chambly from sitting on his podium every every tournament up there and talking about how awful the live people are. Um, I think they could have just gone to this model, but there's something happens. And also Todd, I think that the Greg Norman deal, I think plays into this as well. There's something there that Greg Norman, they wouldn't let Greg be right. But really, if you read between the tea leaves here, it's obvious that Mickelson and Greg were right. Of course, that they there were. was a model for this. And it's really hard for people to go, all right, we screwed up. They're right. How do we fix this? How do we get everybody back playing together? And they just won't do it. And I think you're right. If Jay was to be let go, I think they could figure out a way. It's funny, Todd, how they've coexisted with the European tour for years. Yeah. Didn't see them a threat. Yeah. You know, no problem there. But now all of a sudden, this other company is a huge threat because, of course, taking some of the top guys. Well, you could have kept them all. Yeah. You could have done what Mickelson was asking. But there's something happening in that back room that he has some salt to his speech and not the good kind of salt. The yeah. salt that burns your wounds. That might be, but that doesn't change the fact that he was simply bringing information about the live tour and what was going on. And they had information from sources other than Phil Mickelson. They knew the live tour was coming. They could see that unless they're totally blind. I mean, it's not like Greg Norman was hiding it. Uh, they were talking about it for a couple of years in advance of it actually uh, taking off. And obviously, they didn't take him seriously. Now, I don't know why you wouldn't take Greg Norman seriously when he talks about competing against the PGA Tour because he's tried to do it before. Uh, and, right. of course, they just usurped it into the World Golf Championship events. That's why we have those. Thanks again yep. to Greg Norman. Now we have these designated events. Thanks again to Greg Norman. Uh, but Norman is an objectionable character, and apparently so is Phil Mickelson, so they don't want to follow uh, their advice on, on things like this. But it cost all of us golf fans because of the PGA Tour's uh, blind hatred of Greg Norman and Jay Monahan, as you've said, and I said he needs to be fired. Uh, Greg and Charles Fex Barkley said it best. I'll end it with this, Todd. Charles Barkley said it best. When are we going to start taking care of the fans? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, this is this is ridiculous to the even the Denver fans. Yeah. Their kids had to stay up until 11 o'clock to watch the end of the game because it didn't start till 9.50 our time, yeah. which is 8.50 out in Denver. Yeah. And the same thing with golf, Todd, is when are you going to start worrying about the fans? Never. I mean, this is ridiculous. We pay all those salaries through advertising, through ticket sales, through all those things. Come on. Yeah. It's uh, time. That's right. Greg, thanks so much.
Thanks, Todd. Greg Snow joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.